Well, welcome to the weekly NHSportsPage.com podcast. Justin McIsaac in the, my new studio, not mine, the radio station. Dave Haley at the NHSportsPage.com world headquarters. And this week's podcast brought to you by Great Bay Community College with locations in Rochester, Lake City represent, and Portsmouth. If you want to check out their athletics page, visit GoGreatBay.com. What up, Dave Haley? This is the, uh, the the Guilford Belmont football oh. podcast this week. Forty, let's go forty five minutes on that, and then a quick one hundred and twenty seconds on the rest of the state. I forgot. I forgot. I have a thing I have to do. So that that'll wrap it up for today. <laughs> Wait, I can't hear you. You're trailing. Oh. Up. No, hey, how about your? Uh, are they still the Golden Eagles, or are they the 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 Golden Red Eagles, or are they the the Golden? You know what's? Uh, I'm not even embarrassed to say this. I don't, I don't even know. I think it's a, <laughs> the Red Eagles. I have no idea about. It. I got a. I completely agree with you on the uniforms. When I saw those uniforms, my eye, like it was like my retina started to burn. It was like one of those like greenlit videos or something like that you see, and you, you just have to turn the channel away really quick. I, it, my retinas got burned, so I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the unis. But uh, <laughs> I get what they were going for. I'm glad they're trying to incorporate both schools. But uh, you know, it's a nice spot. Blue and gold is like a winner. Stick with that. Yeah, you're damn right it is. No, I two and zero winner. But yeah, no, the, the uniforms need a little work. But uh, but two and zero football team, happy about that. So. And they're playing Plymouth, so they're probably going to go to three and zero, right? Or <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So we thought this would be a good idea. Uh, Pete and I, our radio show, uh, which I think is our seventh year, is now cut back to an hour on Saturdays. But we want to make sure we're still giving uh, two hours of content a week. So Justin and I are going to be doing this podcast, hopefully every week when schedule allows. Uh, speaking of and, and kind of recapping, one thing that we're going to do in this podcast is each of us are going to list five teams that are up after the, the last week of the first couple of weeks of the season, five teams that are down uh, at this point of the season, uh, again, after two games, small sample size. You are off to Boulder tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow night we're flying into uh, Boulder, Colorado, so the, we'll post this later on Wednesday, and then... Uh... Yeah, Thursday night we fly out. Uh, Friday we hang out. Well, the team will be doing stuff, but uh, Bob Lippman and I will be exploring uh, Boulder. And then Saturday's the game, and then sometime around 3 a.m. Sunday we'll get back. Of hopefully, unless there's, well, you know, uh, the hurricane makes its way up here. Who knows? Could be an extended stay, Dave. Who knows? <laughs> perfect, perfect thing for an 0-2 UNH football team is they head out and go play some teams from the Pac-12. That's who's uh, playing very well, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, Colorado, they, they've turned that thing around. Colorado was, you know, back in the early 90s uh, under Coach McCarthy. They were a big-time program. So Cordell Stewart. It'll be, yeah, it'll be fun. To, yeah, that's right, Cordell Stewart. We'll see uh, Eric Benen. Eric Bienemy. Right? Eric sleeping with Bienemy. Somebody's been doing his Colorado <laughs> research this week. Look at you. What a pro. Oh man! So yeah, we'll uh, we'll hope to get you back soon. Uh, we got two games that we're covering uh, this week that I'm really excited about. Uh, Nicole Morero, who's now been adopted by Londonderry, will go to enemy uh, the other side of of enemy lines when Pankerton hosts Exeter, uh, two small and up and coming football programs in New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, just just hoping Friday to, night. just hoping to be able to field a team, right? I heard just that. hoping to get enough kids out there. I think they both got about 27 kids on the team. I heard Exeter uh, might be going to eight-man football, actually. So, yeah, <laughs> the two coaches that intimidate me the most, uh, Brian O'Reilly and Bill <laughs> Ball, and uh, we're going to do that game on Friday night. And then Pete and Jen are doing a really fun game, uh, Manchester Central at Merrimack, with uh, two undefeated teams. So that should be so. We got two really good games we're doing this weekend, and 
We'll get to the schedule going forward after that, but we're going back to D3 next week, and we got some D4 games on the schedule as well. So, uh, so it's been fun so far. I'm looking forward to. I think it's a competitive balance around the state, really at the top. So, uh, probably something we'll get to today. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So, uh, all right, uh, you came up with this concept about 20 minutes before we started taping. So, why don't you lead off? Uh, who do you have for uh, for five up? By the way, that's the most work we've ever done before a podcast by the way that's Just yeah one text <laughs> yeah, yeah i was surprised by the amount of thought that went into it quite frankly <laughs> my first team is up i'm sorry i'm sorry with this my guilford don't <laughs> whatever the heck their names are uh as i wrote in my thursday column so this is a sophomore led group um they got a kid john mitchell is a linebacker has like 29 tackles through two games he's a sophomore alex Cheat is their quarterback he's a sophomore um, they've got uh, they've got playmakers all over the place. Malik uh, Reese is, is six foot four defensive end. They're all sophomores. Patrick Carr is a senior. Uh, Ethan Roy is a senior. They've been three years members of the team, and but um, but they've got a good mix of youth and and a couple of seniors. Do I think they're going to be Plymouth? No, they're not going to be Plymouth on no? uh, on on Saturday. No, I think you can quote me on that. But okay. they didn't stop me from taking them a staff fix, by Pl- the way. I, I, I'm not a coward. Plymouth can miss the bus. I mean, it is in Guilford, right? It's true. It's true. <laughs> no no disrespect, but Plymouth is Plymouth. That's all. Yeah, Plymouth is Plymouth. Um, but for Guilford, they opened the season with a win at home over Pembroke. Uh, Patrick Carr hit a field goal late in that game to win it. Um, and then they beat Merrimack Valley last week, held in the seven points. On so, the road. And as we know, it's really it, it can be very tough for high school teams to have success on the road, especially when they're very young. Yeah, I mean, they, listen. This is a program that is, I think, is in the wrong division. I mean, they're you know they got murdered by Laconia the last two years. Laconia is in three where they belong, and Guilford Belmont because you combine the schools, which is silly because well, how many Belmont kids are on the team? Like what, four or five? I think there's eight or nine. Oh, eight or nine. Okay, well, uh... it's like thirty-seven kids. I talked to uh, Mo Reese, one of their assistants. They actually had a couple kids come out for the team after they won their first game. Hey. And when you're a program that only has kids in the thirties, you take your yeah, sure, well, come on board. You know, you know who's a, you know who your best recruiter is? A W. Who? That's who <laughs> winning. Who? A W winning. That's your oh, best recruiter. W, absolutely. No, they played. They played the first game under the lights. They moved lights over there to, to the field next to Sawyer's over there in Guilford. So, so I'm not. I'm in all seriousness. I'm not making too much of this. I, I you know, I, I'm. They're not going to make a run at the playoffs, in my opinion, my humble opinion. But it's a great thing for this program. And these sophomores, they want to do something by the time they're done. And by do something, I mean they, they want to get to Durham. I'm, I'm not going to say they are. I'm not going to say they're not. But this is a sophomore group. So and really nice, impressive. They're definitely one of my five teams up. Look at their schedule. I think they have the they could win four games, which when you have a lot of sophomores like that, that's not bad. I think they got a realistic chance to win at Kingswood and at Sanborn. They got a tough home schedule. Bo. Hanover, John Stark, that's going to be tough. And Plymouth coming in. Four wins would be unbelievable. <laughs> they they won two games like the, the past Browns two years winning. combined, right? Yes, that would be like the Browns winning seven games <laughs> or something like that. I'm not, and I'm not making fun of Guilford Belmont, but, I mean, they, you know, they've had a tough time. And uh, Guilford was a good little program when they were at the lower levels and they were playing Winnesquam, Franklin, Interlakes. Sure. Every year they made a run to the semis. That was the year I went up to Newport and uh, almost froze to death uh, watching them get beat up there. Um, by Noah Wade and company, but uh, no, it's a great start. So give me, uh, give me one of your five up. All right, five up. Um, you know, 
almost I feel like flying under the radar, even though they won the uh, the championship last year. I'm going to say Winnicott at two and zero, two and zero start. Uh, yeah, you know they they started off with uh, Wyndham, which we. I, we knew Wyndham was going to be good, and, and Wyndham kind of lost their quarterback in that game. Uh, we didn't really know how good. I think I think we still don't know how good Wyndham is, but that's a solid win on the road going to Mount Jaguar. And then they get uh, Portsmouth Oyster River, who's uh, down this year but played a little bit better. Uh, so I'd say Winnicott is one of my five up. Yeah, I would agree. That win at Wyndham was a really good win. And, and as you mentioned, Joe LaRosa got hurt in that game. Uh, they had Tyler Hoare playing uh, quarterback last week. Uh, Lou Granger had a really good game. He's one of our candidates for uh, Play of the Week on the poll. Yep. Which, by the way, is still like we had over a hundred thousand votes at one point last year. I think we're over like ten thousand though already in the first. Is, like, is that where like when when Yao Ming was on the All Star ballot? You know, uh, everyone in China would vote seven times and he would run away with it. Is that what's going Evan, on? Evan Cormier from Londonderry is huge <laughs> in China. They love him over there. Absolutely, they love Jimmy Lozon over there. They just think he's he's wonderful. Um, yeah, I would agree with you in Winnicott. We're going to see uh, they got Exeter coming up real soon, so you know, I, you know, I, we're going to kind of see what they're made of. I don't think they're a team that's going to go undefeated or anything like that, especially their crossover games are against uh, Pinkerton um, and Salem and Londonderry, which I I'm very 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 high on that conference. I happen to think that's the best conference in the state, with the the next one being that Manchester Central Bedford cluster over there. But, uh, yeah, Winnicott, I mean, absolutely, yeah. And we're going to get to Ports for the Oyster Rivers on my list, Justin, so we're going to get to them. They're going to uh, – okay. I can't wait for the game at, at Spalding coming up in a few weeks. So that's a chance for maybe the Red Raiders to get a W. But, all right, who's one of your other teams that are up? Uh, I actually have uh, Hanover as one of my teams that is up. Hanover's gotten two really good wins start season. They went at Kennett and kind of won one of those you know, sort of like a 50-50 ball kind of game. They beat Kennett. They came from behind to do it. Got a good win. And then they beat a good Hollis Brookline team at home last week, uh, which was really impressive. Sam Sander Wimmer, uh, his, his twin brother, Quentin Wimmer, uh, that whole uh, Iodice. You know, they, they've got some really good uh, playmakers over there uh, at Hollis Brookline. And Hanover was able to beat a team that runs the ball primarily in Kennett and then go ahead and beat a team in Hallsbrook line that throws the ball a lot. So I think that's impressive the way that they were able to kind of two different styles. You know, they got Connor Zorn and Mike Gillespie and, like I said, Quentin Wimmer. So they got three really good wide receivers over there at Hallsbrook line, and Hanover was able to to get a really good win over there. So but, I uh, so my, I think they're a team that that 2-0 start is really impressive. My tag team partner, Bob Lipman, actually did that game last week. He said the first half was the strangest high school game he's ever seen. There were only four possessions total in the first half. Each team really? had the ball twice, yeah. And then it, and then it kind of opened up in the second half. He said it, he said it was a, a good game. It moved quickly. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, then uh, Hanover kind of uh, was able to open things up in the second half a bit and get the win. Hanover's got an interesting schedule. So they're going to act Kingsford this week. Kingsford's just too small. Yeah. Just, you know, Timberlane has the same issue. I noticed at the Jamboree. The Timberlane just can't protect Dan Hayes. So I mean, when you don't have great play on the line, that's that's a hard band aid to right to put on anything. So they go at Kingswood, then they play Pembroke at home and Merrimack Valley at home, two teams that were just run over by a sick train. Yeah, and so that would get them <laughs> to five and zero, oh, and then and they would go to Guilford. Oh, so that one's going to be on the website, right? <laughs> oh, that might be one I got to cover. They uh, that's Columbus Day weekend. That's when I'm way up now. Uh, all the way up there, but uh, so that could get them to six and zero, oh, and then they finish with this gauntlet: yep. Bow at home, 
at John Stark, and then your Plymouth Bobcats yeah. in the season finale. So that's uh, Hanover's going to be very playoff-tested by the time they get the, to November. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to get a little bit of lull there and then the iron at the end. Um, so, uh, Dave, for one of my uh, five up, I want, I want you to sit down. You're not going to believe who I'm going to give you. You ready? I'm ready. You ready for this? I'm lying. The Trinity Pioneers. They're on my list, too. We can knock off two. There you go. So uh, a, win, a nice win against Lebanon, 28-6. to They open up at Kearsarge, 41-14. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe people are already going to start screaming. They're in the wrong division, I think, even though they were off last year uh, just running have a, a JV program. Have we ever known where to put Trinity? Seriously, have we ever known where to put Trinity? Yeah, it's weird because uh, I've heard an argument that all the all the private schools should play in their own division because it's uh, you know you can you can just kind of it's not like coaches are out there recruiting like it's college, but you know you can get players from anywhere. Uh, but uh, you know there's other arguments to be made too, like Bishop Brady is in Division Four, and that's probably where they belong this year, right? Yeah. So it's uh, clearly it, it, it's yeah it's it's tough to peg Trinity because they're, when they're when they're good they're so good. But as we as we've seen, when they're bad, they can get real bad too. So it's hard to it's hard to put your thumb on them, isn't it? For the people that don't know, they didn't feel the team last year. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a team that, as we mentioned, this is uh, my eleventh year of high school coverage in New Hampshire, and I mean Trinity was a juggernaut, you know, winning championships. And oh man, yeah, I mean uh, Romeo Mascuo, uh, you know, Carmen Jean Petruzzi, Brad Rhodes. I mean, these are kids that played in the Andrew Jack Lauderdale, games. who's well, Andrew Lauderdale, was he with the Forty ers this year? Yeah, Andrew Lauderdale played at UNH and then went on to, to play pro, and uh, you know, unbelievable athlete. So they've they've had some big time teams. So. Uh, you know, I pride myself on, you know, I don't know how many coaches I ended up talking to in my previous 44, 45, and I still have more to go because I'm kind of doing, I'm going to pepper in Division Four previews throughout the year. Um, but with Trinity, I haven't spoken to anyone. over. I don't even, frankly, know who the coach is right now. I, I think I know, but I don't want to say it and be wrong. But I do know they got John Tebow, and he's a kid I've covered for two years at Newport. I went up to Stevens last year and watched that kid run all over the place. Um, against a, a very good Paul Silva team. He's moved over to Trinity. Um, I think his dad, his father's involved with the church, so they moved to Manchester. But that's like the biggest free agent signing. That's like the Khalil Mack free agent <laughs> signing of New Hampshire high school football. So if you've got that kid, you know you have one part of the offense taken care of. And uh, that was a very impressive win, 28-6 over Lebanon. That's a, a Lebanon team that I have a lot of respect for. Chris Childs, who is a terrific coach, and uh, – yeah, Trinity, they got two good wins, Justin. They got, yeah. you know, at Kyrgyzstan's Mount Royal, and they beat them good. 41-14, yeah. And then Lebanon, 28-6. They go at Epping Newmark this weekend, and then, and then, <laughs> Bananak at home, and then at Campbell. So they got to know how good they are. Exactly. I got, I got a game I think you're going to want to, if you don't head to one of those uh, you just mentioned, which you might, uh, Trinity at Stevens on October 19th. That is going to be fun as hell, I think. I love going to Stevens. I told you that I raved about Barnes going Park. up there. Oh, I love going up to Stevens and seeing uh, and seeing those guys up in Claremont. It's such a great atmosphere on a Friday night for for anyone who's kind of maybe their kid graduated and they still follow it, or they're a former coach. That's like the place you want to go to on a Friday night is go see Stevens and like a really good game at home. I and just, it's such a great atmosphere. I Have just you ever love, been up there to cover a game. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The first one I ever did for TSN was up there. I just love the outfield. Uh, you know, they have the baseball park and the football field is in the outfield. It's like an old school feel. I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And those and those those uh, Claremont fans really come out for uh, their Stevens Cardinals. 
Yeah, they're sort of like all over the place. There's not like a huge stands. Like there's sort of a couple of hills and then in the end zone. It reminds me of Laconia, like the, especially the old Laconia that everyone loved that old field where like people are sort of over the fence like watching and like, you know, kind of on the street watching. Yep. And it's, it's right in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah, if you kick a field goal, it ends up in someone's living room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy watching Jeopardy tosses it back out to you. So it's, it's, it's a really cool spot. That Newport Stevens game was a lot of fun. I went with the great John Kesty. Uh, last year, and uh, yeah, we got to get Trinity back. Do you ever think you'd hear me say the words we need to cover Trinity more? But there oh it is. Boy. It, it begins again with you and Trinity. The Trinity Network. Listen, <laughs> every year you end up following one team by accident. So there you go. We both had a mutual uh, team up. I got two more. So one of my teams up is Plymouth. Is I know that sounds kind of you know narrow-sighted because they're the two-time reigning champions, but they had to replace a ton of guys. I mean, I hmm. did that Chad game. I mean, think about the players, uh, Jordan Dosen, Gary Maycomber, Colby Moore. I mean, they kids all over the place that they had to recover. And I know Owen Brickley right now, in my opinion, is the player of the year in Division Two. I know it's crazy to say after two weeks. Uh, it was certainly well, – It was only nine game. weeks, right, or eight weeks, depending on how many games they Yeah, play. it's a sprint, man. You know, the thing was – I catch myself writing my Thursday columns and talking about tiebreakers, and I feel pretty stupid because it was 88 degrees like four days ago. But it's season you know 25% like, over for some teams, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, the season's one-third of the way over after this weekend, right. which is crazy. But, like, you know, Hanover has that tiebreaker over Kennett. Londonderry has that tiebreaker over Salem. Salem has it over Exeter, so forth and so on. These games really do matter, and for Plymouth – they beat Bo on opening weekend, as you said in your top ten. It's like poor Bo just wants anybody. Bo's like, can Plymouth come here? By the way, like, why do we have to keep going to Plymouth? Exactly. Uh, and Durham, but um, and then they beat John Stark, and those two teams play this week, Bo and Stark, which I think will be an excellent game. But Plymouth beat them both. Um, they should be Gil for Belmont this weekend to go in three and zero, and it's really impressive the way they've been able to start out the season after losing all the guys. That's a sign of a true program. Right on, absolutely. So uh, one of my five up, uh, you're going to give me the Seacoast homer treatment here, but I will say St. Thomas, uh, after two tough road wins, Dave, uh, they open up at Sauhegan, they win that one by seven. Then at Alvern, coming down from Division One, they win that one on the road by four. Uh, they, they're home for Sanborn this week, and then they go at Milford, so three of their first four on the road, and they've taken care of the first two. I agree. They're actually my fifth team on the list, so we okay. had two of them that were the same. Are we yeah, supposed to go in order? Because I didn't, I didn't put them in order. I'm just, I didn't put them in order okay. either. But that's <laughs> that's my five. my five were Guilford, Belmont, Plymouth, St. Thomas, Hanover, and Trinity. And you're absolutely right. They beat Alvern on the road, and they beat South Eagan on the road. Those are two. I mean, I if they're not playoff teams, like I like I wrote in my preview, there's going to be like two or three teams that are really good in Division Two that are not going to get in the playoffs. It happens. You know, remember that Condal team a couple of years ago yeah. that we were high on, and they, they just quite didn't get in. Six and three so, didn't make it, yep. Yeah, so that will be the case again, I think, and uh, and they may be one of them. I mean, excuse me, like Southeastern or or uh, our Alvin. But, uh, no, those are two really good road wins, and it sets up for Ryan Brown. I can't get Ryan Brown on the phone. He's the athletic director of St. Thomas. He's I busy over the there. He's got to. He's got to make sure all the teams are, you know, have buses to wherever. I don't think he has an assistant anymore, so it's just him. What do you want? Yeah, yeah. Well, there he's he's doing a nice job over there, and we are going to see them. They're on the upcoming schedule. I think on September 29th, they're going to play uh, Plymouth. Oh, that'll be good. That's, those games are always good. 
we're going to cover that game. So we're looking forward to that. So, yeah, now St. Thomas, Sean DeCorn, I mean, you know these guys. Uh, they've got a lot of playmakers over there. They lost a lot of talent, but, uh, but no, they're a very good football team, and, and it's an impressive start to their season. All right. Um, so we've combined. We had like uh, we we had uh, ten up, but we we had some overlap. So uh, let's move on. Uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about who's down. And uh, why don't you why don't you start off with that, Dave? Well, I think Goffstown's first team. You know, mm. I think it surprises you that they're zero and two. Um, it, it it doesn't shock me that they would lose to Nashua North, who's I have winning that the Western Conference. Um, and then Merrimack at Merrimack is never an easy game uh, to win. And Kip Jackson's team, he might have been uh, downplaying, sandbagging a little bit in the preseason with me. Uh, Jared Dyer has been really, really good for that football team. They, their defensive ends and their linebackers from Merrimack have been better than we expected. Um, so it, they're not bad losses, but they go to Bedford this week. And Bedford's the juggernaut that we all expected, and I think it's going to be really tough to get into the playoffs at five and four. And if they're on three this week, that basically means they got to go almost undefeated the rest of the way, and they still got to play Central. They still got to, you know, I mean, they've still got right. Central play South, who's pretty good. Um, South is pretty good. They, they've got it, you know. Uh, they've had a tough early schedule. I mean, yeah. so I'm not, you know, but. Goffstown has been the reason that we bring them up first is, is is a compliment to them. It's just because they've been such a very very good program, and uh, to see them zero and two and and really beaten uh, pretty badly in the first two games is, is surprising. All right, unfortunately for me and for for both of us because we we love these guys, I have to have Summersworth as one of my uh, teams that are down. Uh, blanked at Monadnock last week, we saw them get beat up. Uh, pretty good by Campbell in week one, and it doesn't get any easier. They have to play Laconia now, so it's it, uh, it's it, from bad to worse for uh, for Summersworth uh, as you know that undermanned unit and just an absolutely brutal schedule to start things off. It's tough. Like you know, we talked to Dan after you know their first game, and you know they only have three seniors on the entire team, and on opening night, two of them were hurt. I don't know the right. stats of them now. They had a running back but, playing like left guard or something. He never played yeah. offensive line in his life. They've had to ask kids to move around to the position to other positions just because that's what the team needs. And so, yeah, I mean, it's um, that schedule was brutal. Like when Danny and I talked, and, the, and Danny Hodson and I talked before the season, it's, it's a brutal way to start the season. But uh, you know, and they won't get any easier at Laconia. Laconia is going to get better because they're getting kids back. You know, Ryan D was going to be their starting quarterback. He hasn't even played yet. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Summersworth is. Just, I think that's a team that I picked them to sneak in the playoffs. They still could, you know. All they got to do is finish top eight out of twelve. But uh, you know, when you don't have a lot of seniors, and he lost Ray Mills, who's the other kid who played in the Chad game on that team last year, it was really good. Oh, I can't. I, I got up at yeah. three, so I'm having a hard time but, thinking uh, of things. They've got. They had a couple of like big time players on that team last year, and and uh, they still got a really good back. Um, but uh, you know. They're looking at 0-3 right now, which doesn't put them out of it in that division. I think they can still sneak in, but uh, tough schedule. Yeah, well, they have Laconia. At least they have them at home. Then they have Stevens at home. Then they go to Interlake. So maybe maybe things turn around there. Who knows? Yeah, Interlake's got a big week, uh, big win last week. So uh, they sort of surprised some people. So they may not be uh, as bad as we thought. Uh, I hate doing this to uh, to my good friends, uh, and it's not their fault. It's not their fault. I'm going to do the the Robin Williams hugging Matt Damon in, in, in the office. Uh, Oyster River. And my concern, I may have to do a deep dive on these guys in one of my Thursday columns. 
one of my concerns with the with Portsmouth is that's a, you and I are close to that school and those you know we know those kids we know those coaches very well they're used to winning a lot mm-hmm. you know um, Tim Hopley wins in baseball every year Jim Mulvey wins all their sports win I mean you, you oh. soccer uh, you know lacrosse uh, uh, boys and girls up and down the line the basketball programs both of them are usually successful you're right Dave yeah they're they're used to winning. Yeah, and and so one of uh, one friend of mine who's from uh, it's not Wade by the way who's from um, <laughs> who's from Portsmouth said I have some concerns over what's going to happen if this team starts going four and five every year that so the numbers will dip because the Portsmouth uh, youth program has always been really well run and really strong and but you know the the feeling this was three four years ago was that they're not going to stick around to go four and five or three and six every year. And here we are. And the numbers are kind of down to the point where they had to go get Oyster River involved. Um, I think we only have like eight Oyster River kids in the program. When I talked to Brian Pafford in the preseason, but numbers are going down. And, uh, and really for the first time, they don't have a throwing quarterback. They don't have a guy who can huck it all over the yard. You and I could rattle off the names of six different all-state quarterbacks they've had, and they don't have one. Yeah, well, I mean, they they were kind of due not to have a a, a good passing quarterback uh, after what more than ten years of of, of really good quarterback play and uh, and forces. But yeah, their their schedule breaks down like this. They have Salem this week. I don't think that's going to be pretty. Uh, then at the Spalding High School Red Raiders, that game will be on MOSN. I don't know. Oh if, my lordy, that's that a, could be the that could be the one. That could be yeah for either one of them. <laughs> that could be the one game they win. Yeah. Then they go to Dover, and Dover is a show they can hang around with Pickerton for a while. So I think Dover is going to be not maybe not a playoff team, but they're going to ruin somebody's season. I think. Right. Uh, and then they have—I mean—they just have a brutal draw this year too. Then Pickerton at Exeter at Wyndham, so it's not going to be easy for the uh, the Clipper Cats, Dave. Can we just call yeah, them the Clippers? No, I'm not there yet. I'm not prepared to call them the Clipper Cats. I just call but... them the Clippers. No, no offense to Oyster River, they're the Clippers. All right, knock it off. They're the Clippers, yeah, and. Um... And they're just, you know, I think they're in for a very long season over there. It's a good coaching staff, but um, it seems like they're undersized at some key spots. And they they don't have uh, – what they don't have this year is they don't have, whether it's a receiver, a runner, or a quarterback, they just don't have a playmaker this year. Like they usually – Hunter Adams even was a really good wide receiver for them last year along with, with Cody Graham, who was one of the leading passers in the division. They just don't have, like – yeah playmaker right now they don't you know oscar Lalim's a, a, a pretty good wide receiver but like you know they just don't have the explosiveness that they've had in the past we've seen a, a bunch of kids on that team and joey osher i mean going all the way back donovan Fenor, i mean you go all the way back they don't have one of those kids now so it's gonna be a struggle all right uh one of my teams that are down uh i gotta go with the newport tigers i don't know what i was expecting out of newport this season but uh, you know, with a tough opening schedule, and then and now Campbell to come, uh, there's staring zero and three in the face. Dave, what's uh, what's up with Newport? Uh, yeah, I think they lost a lot, and and Tebow, who we mentioned earlier, you know, was a big loss at running back, and um, Coach Boone's no longer there as the head coach, mm. and uh, I just think they're going through a down cycle over there. It's a transition. Schools. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, they lost Tebow's brother, Peter, who played in the chat game and played really well. He's one of my favorite kids last year. He was a D lineman who really stood out in the chat game against, you know, D1 kids. Um, so they lost some key guys. Um, you know, they just have, they just haven't been able to put points up. And, I, you know, I think they've had to, you know, to adjust to not having a kid like Tebow who, 
You know, when you have a running back like that, like third and five becomes first downs, you know what I mean? And when you don't right. have them, then you, now you're punting. And, uh, no, I just think it's a down cycle. Newport, we're not used to seeing down. but And I don't know how far down they'll go because they've played two pretty good teams to open the season. Um, but, uh, you know, as you said, they lost the opener at Lebanon. They hung in there with Lebanon for a half, and then Lebanon just kind of, you know. Yep. On the well, well, now they get Campbell at home, and that's uh, it's never fun to have to play Campbell, so it uh, might not be getting better for them. No, 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 no. So another team I had kind of on the same vein was Lebanon. Um, you know, I thought they, they did have a good win over Newport. I'm not too down on Lebanon, but, you know, to lose 28-7 to to Trinity, I think it was a bit of a surprise, although I guess nobody really knows what to expect out of Lebanon, but, I mean, excuse me, out of Trinity, but... Um, but I had them down this week just for, you know, with that loss right there because I think Lebanon was a team we didn't think was going to lose to anyone not named Laconia, Mananark, or Campbell. And right. so I, I think that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, and uh, Lebanon has Hanover. Uh, excuse me, not Hanover. They have Mananark this week at home. So that's not going to be uh, an easy game at all. Mananark always tough. And uh, Mananark's uh, combined score so far this year is uh, 90 to nothing. Is that good? It sounds good. It seems good. I don't really follow sports. I just try to I try to read up just so I can talk to people at the water cooler and try to make new friends. But it it seems good. They um you know, Wade Rainey's a good little running back for Lebanon and John Willeman is their quarterback. He can huck it. Um so they've got playmakers over there. They've got a couple of kids on the line who returned from last year's team. Um so they don't I think Manadnock and Campbell are wagons. I think they're gonna be back. I think we're gonna see a rematch in the Division Three Championship game at UNH of what was the best game of the year. I, the best game of the day last year at Durham was that Mandanock Campbell, that first game. Absolutely. Um, I think those two teams are just loaded. I mean, we, we you know, Chandler Matson and the Hard Kid and, uh, you know, uh, Tim Santaw and Mandanock. I mean, they got players all over the place. But uh, it wouldn't be bad if Lebanon gets the one and two there, but they're going to have to. They, you know, they want to get a home game. Their, their goal, if you're Chris Childs, is to be a top four seed, and that loss to Trinity hurts them a lot. Right on. All right, uh, one of the teams I have down, and uh, I, you know what? I haven't heard anything about this team, which is weird because usually they have a lot of hype. I uh, usually uh, uh, hear a lot of things about the Bishop Girton Cardinals, Dave, and they opened up with a loss to Central and then a loss uh, to Nashua South, giving up a lot of points. What's what's the story of BG? Yeah, I don't know. They they, they give 33 points to South, and uh, and I think that was a little perplexing. Uh, I know they got a kid, Kyle Baker, who's got six, seven tackles a game over there. He's a big kid on the edge for them who's been real good. Uh, Austin Hisco is a really good wide receiver. But, yeah, I think BG's a struggle with numbers. And, uh, you know, they, they just, you know, they went from Tony Johnson to Travis Cody, and it's just sort of been a struggle ever since. Uh, Cody, uh, Travis Cody, I think, left like four or five years ago. And, uh, you know, we're used to – we're used to BG. I remember BG was being Pinkerton, you know, or in right. Salem every year. So we're used to, you know, big time programs at BG, and um, they've just been down. I think it's more numbers. I remember they had a team a couple of years ago that had really good playmakers, but they didn't have anyone who could block. I mean, they only had a couple of kids, like Beals kids were the only kids who could really block. And, and they, you know, if you don't have a line to protect you, there's not much the quarterback can do. So um, I'm not sure what the deal with BG is, but yeah, you're right. To lose 33 to 8 to South, and that's mm. the South team that lost to Concord, who then got killed by Bedford. So it doesn't. Uh, that, that's your transitive win right there. That's uh, what, what what would Bedford do to BG then? That's yeah. <laughs> well, my fourth team is uh, is Bishop Brady. Gave up over sixty points to Newfound. Newfound uh, <laughs> last weekend. I, well, hold on, Newfound's the Bears, right? 
You found is are the Bears, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like the Newfound Bears. I don't think I've ever seen Newfound play a sport. And I'm, I don't I, think I've ever seen Newfound score over sixty points, not even in basketball. So <laughs> so hats off. Hats off to them, uh, to Newfound. Uh they, you know, the terrific job over there. Um they didn't quite make our five up, but uh but Bishop Brady the thing with Bishop Brady is that, you know, Matt Shaw's been over there uh, a tremendous job as their head coach. They've always had like annually like nineteen, twenty kids yeah. on the team. So they absolutely deserve or belong in Division Four, but uh, to give up a 60-burger on opening night to Newfound, I guarantee you that that was not something they saw coming. I just had to look up where Newfound High School was. Turns out it's Bristol. here Plymouth. Yeah, who knew? It's over, I played at little story because I like to interject myself into everything. Here we go. I, the gym at Newfound was so small that the old gym, not the new one, the new one's nice, is that I hit a three-pointer in the corner, and I was called out of bounds because my heels <laughs> and half of my foot were out of bounds in the corner because you literally couldn't fit your feet. And I said to the official, I'm like, I like corner threes. What am I supposed to do? He goes, he goes you're not going to be able to shoot him tonight. <laughs> That's how small Newfound was. You but, better, uh, better but, like another shot, kid. Yeah, so congrats to them, um, but Bishop Brady, that's uh, that's tough to see um, to go out there and, and give up sixty. Yeah, through just one game in Division Four, so we'll kind of see how that shakes out. Um, let's see. Well, who was uh, so my one of my down teams? Uh, unfortunately, this year is the Pembroke Spartans. Have we heard anything about Pembroke? They nearly squeaked it out against your Guilford Belmont Golden Eagles, uh, then took it out of the chin against Kennett. Maybe have a chance for a W against the uh, Manchester West team that has struggled. But uh, what what do we know about the Pembroke Spartans? What is Matalosa going to do to get the team on track? We have uh, they've got uh, a really good Sean Menard is a really good shooter. They got Noah Cummings. Uh, wait, that's, a point guard. that's the basketball team, Dave. Oh, that's yeah. Um, I don't know much about the Pembroke football team, Justin. Um, yeah. but... <laughs> neither do I, and it's uh, it, it's been a struggle for them early on, though. Yeah, I just don't think that's a football school. They've kind of struggled with, with numbers over there. And, uh, you know, Pembroke's probably a team that should be competing in a lower division, um, in Division Three. They just haven't been able to make much of a wrinkle the last couple of years. And if you look at Pembroke's schedule, by the way, shout-out to any coaches who want to send me stats. I, stats, I actually put this in my <laughs> Thursday column. Send me stats. Like I want stats from all these teams. I'd love to get everybody. Uh, they got Manchester West this week. I'm not going to lie to you. It's Manchester West in my staff picks. And then listen to Pembroke's four-week journey at Hanover, at Bow, John Stark at home, at Plymouth. That's going to be that's not gonna, uh, yeah. that's gonna be a tough stretch. As, uh, as Pete Campbell once said, not great, Bob. That's not. <laughs> no, not great at all. They do finish with Kingswood at home and at Merrimack Valley, which is a rivalry game. So, um there might be a little bit of light at the end of that tunnel uh, chugging along, but uh, but still, that's a difficult uh, terrain for uh, for for your Pembroke Spartans. I know you're a huge fan of the, my the Pembroke Spartans now. I know that you're a huge fan of the basketball program. Basketball basketball program was great last year. They were fun. Okay, who do you yeah. got? Well, your last uh, your last team that's down. Who do you got? Timberlane Owls. Uh, I ah, stole my thunder. Here. Yeah, the Timberlane Owls, and and like I said. Uh, I saw them at the Jamboree, and I watched them for a whole quarter because Dan Hayes is a kid who's uh, done a, a lot of work with Coach Nicoli um, at the Passing Academy, and he looks good. Dan Hayes is a good quarterback. But here's the thing, Justin, when you can't, you can't throw from your back. And you when can't? there's three guys on top of you when you're trying to throw football, you, 
you really can't throw it very far. Aren't, and, isn't there some sort of mechanic he can fix so that he can leverage those those three defensive linemen tackling him into a pass? Sure. It's sort of like gym class where someone just decides to blitz and there's no blocking. <laughs> there's no blocking. Oh, uh, I hated when that would happen. I used to go crazy on my gym teacher, yeah. Um, yeah, they just they struggle on the line. And, you know, they played uh, Dover in week one, and Ty Vicko ran up and down and all over the place on him. And then in week two, uh, they played Exeter, who tends to run the football and try to control the game at the line. That's what I read. Twelve different ball carriers, I believe. I, th- I, think, oh. I think Bill Ball just did that to drive you nuts with stats. My head just explodes <laughs> like when I'm sitting there doing stats because I sit there in front of the Patriot game. I put the laptop out, and I just sit there. And when I see Brian O'Reilly at Pinkerton, Bill Ball at Exeter, and they're not going to be doing it against each other this weekend, I can promise you. We're having 12 ball carriers going all over the place. and just like, oh, my Lord. I stop at six. That's my limit. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. If you didn't get more than five carries, you're not going to the book. But Timberland, you know, last year, you know, they were a team that kind of had a little sleeper potential. And then Jake Post, it, uh, hate, it still hated it. Heard his name. You're seeing Jake Post now. Now, so he, he's playing for UNH, or is he redshirting, or what's going on with him? He's, right? on the, he's on the roster. He hasn't got any action just yet, but he's on the roster. He's boy, that kid is a football player. They'll find a spot for him, and it, it, at some point, you know, most Jason guys don't Hughes play is getting a little run, but uh, yeah, Jason Hughes, yeah, the kicker, yeah, right? Isn't he kicking for him? Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was a running back when he was at Timberlake, right? Yes, yeah. Nick Fassett, uh the Epping coach, gave him the uh, what you gave Donovan Snow. I want my daughter to marry a guy like Jason Hughes. There that you go, Jason. There you go, and Jeff Bowman, same thing. But Timberlake just they struggle on the line, and then Division One, that's just like. You know, and it's too bad because I'm not saying they can't plug some guys in there and fix it. You know, and we're only two games in, but Dan Hayes has just hasn't had time to throw the football yet. And uh, when he does, you know, he does a nice job. But uh, early on, their line just looks like it's a little bit undersized. They just haven't been able to kind of hang. And they're playing so, in the same conference as Londonary, Pinkerton, Salem, and Wyndham, which is that's that's uh, that's not going to get you any nights off. No, in Londonderry, I think the thing that struck everybody uh, who watched that the highlights, and I, I hope they did against Salem, is how big Londonderry is up front. I mean, it's a big boys, like 275, 285 pounds up front. Uh, same thing with Salem. Salem's got some really tough kids. They're very well coached. So uh, for Timberland, I think it's, uh, <laughs> and I don't even need to bring up Pinkerton. I think we all know Pinkerton's got a little bit of size. So it's, uh, it's tough sledding in that division for Timberland. All right. Well, uh, there you have it. Uh, you, uh, you stole my thunder with the Timberland one, so um, that that should uh, should do it for for the five up five down version of this uh, this weekly podcast. Where where are you guys next week? I got to go pack a suitcase tonight to get ready to leave tomorrow. But where are you guys headed this weekend? Remind everybody again. Yep, we're doing uh, Central at Merrimack. Uh, Pete and Jen are going to do that game, which we're really excited about. Alex Hockham and uh, Nick Albright and those guys are heading into Merrimack. It'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, Jen and I, excuse me, Nicole and I will be uh, in Derry, Pinkerton, taking on Exeter, the battle of two really small up-and-coming programs that just need a little bit of attention. So we're going to try to get a little bit of a <laughs> finally. on them. Yes, finally somebody notices them. Uh, and uh, what, uh, what, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to, uh, to uh, Drew Hallett, who uh, does – he's a, a senior at Dover High. He does, like, all their Instagram stuff and all their Twitter and all their – he does, like, videos for them. We're all going to work for him someday is what I'm trying to say to you, uh, Dave Haley. I thought uh, we were working for Lance Legier someday. Well, maybe the two of them can get together. As long as I can work for somebody who's rich. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's what, what I'm trying 
Well, before we go, one thing I want to mention is this this podcast sponsored by our, our great friends at Great Bay Community College. Now, current student, former Fighting McIsaac, yes. John Cantwell, you should have Johnny Cantwell come out and do one of the Dover games with you. Yeah, I was going to get in touch with him about that, but yeah, that's a, that's a, that's not a bad idea. But uh, just just to finish the thought, Drew Hallett's going to be, uh, I think, live streaming the Dover Wyndham game. That's going to be a fun game too. Dover, go, I think, going to Mount Jaguar for that one. Yeah, that, that is a fun game. Yeah, that's always a fun place to uh, to cover a game too. They they're terrific over there. Billy Raycraft and their whole crew. Yeah, that, that's a really good game. Absolutely, it's a really good game. Yeah, so on the Dover Athletics Instagram, I think they're going to live stream that. So a lot of a lot of options both on the NH Sports page. Uh, and otherwise, so uh, yeah, should be a, a fun weekend. I'll be following from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. See what happens, and uh, we we uh, we'll get together and do this next week, Dave. What do you think? Enjoy Boulder, buddy. All right, take care.